1: On come on sucker let's get it
0: on oh you want to fight you want to fight i do not entertain hypotheticals the world as it is is vexing enough
1: you don't know anybody named irish i don't know
0: nobody named irish can i have a piece of toast i don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to we are changing the course of history as we see it that is what western demands how could you do this to me? Really, I want to know. Why did you do that? What you feel only matters to you.
1: Step back for one minute and look at the big picture.
0: And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire. We the bond a
1: family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. I don't <laughs> own drugs.
0: Or Whatever Movies
1: with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host, Iris, and I am here with my older brother.
0: Wesley Woman. Wonder. Wonder Wesley. Wonder Wesley.
1: (laughs) Wonder Wesley, 1976.
0: Man, thanks.
1: Today we're talking Wonder Woman 1984, currently available on HBO Max and in theaters.
0: I don't know, man. It was like heightened alternate nineteen eighty four. It was like throwback I love the eighties nineteen eighty
1: four. The wardrobe was just comical, like the workout attire, oh, you know, man. the aerobics attire so colorful. The pop collars and stuff. It was weird. It was like I kinda of felt like they were like, let's get all the eighties fashion stuff out of the way, at least until we do the Chris Pine runway. And then after that all the fashion started looking normal again.
0: You know what it made, this 1984 made me think of? Hmm. Remember Beverly Hills Cop? Axel Foley arrives in the varied, wondrous world of Beverly Hills after coming from mm-hmm. from gross Detroit, and there's like people walking <laughs> walking tigers on the street, and everybody looks like <laughs> looks like Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> but it was a very heightened movie, 1984. I mean, even the cartoony lasso robbery foiling
1: in the mall? Yep. What did 1984 have to do with the story other than maybe it being some kind of cautionary tale on on 80s era greed and consumerism?
0: I feel like it was kind of an angle. I mean Wonder Woman happened, well, you know, happened during what World War 2 Then moving forward, where can this land? Oh, I know, the 80s. There's lots of nostalgia for the 80s. So I think when they were brainstorming Wonder Woman, the sequel, the inevitable sequel, they were like, well, 80s is super hot right now, you know? And so they stuck it in the middle of that. Her age thing is weird. Like, is she eternal?
1: Yeah. She was once a child and now she's immortal and she's very lonely and she has been pining over Chris Pine for decades now.
0: Yeah man.
1: But I just can't bring myself to feel sorry for Galgadot.
0: Man, when was the last time you were single for 50 years?
1: You know, it makes me think about what Richard Burghorn said about immortality, how it sounds like the worst thing ever.
0: Yeah. So she's like an old old guard. But she's going, yeah. So that crossover is coming, I bet you. So that means when, like, in, in a few thousand years, when she gets old, she's going to have to be old for like hundreds of years. She's going to be like, have to be all incontinent and stuff for decades.
1: Is that your old person phobia, incontinence?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you don't,
1: you don't have to be old to be incontinent.
0: But getting into the. Is this like a mom thing?
1: Yes, of course. All you have to do is be a mom and then you can enjoy urinary incontinence for years.
0: So so I hear her <laughs> taking your word for it. She seemed to kind of launch into this movie in a super 80s style where there's the robbery and all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, who will save us? And then Wonder Woman appears and starts lassoing people. Yep. Pretty cartoony, man
1: pretty destructive, too. She's doing good and stuff, but she kind of tears up that mall a little bit. Yeah,
0: but not. it's not like Marvel level, where they'll just raise whole cities for the purpose of a battle.
1: Right, not that destructive, but yeah, it's she kind. She conveniently shows up for lots of different crimes, and then she goes home, and she's lonely, and she's sad, yeah. and she wants her boyfriend.
0: And it's just any warm body, right? I mean, she never sees Chris Pine's character. She, all she sees is that dude. She claims that she only sees Chris Pine, and we only only see Chris Pine. Not only we see the other dude, but it's jarring for me whenever that other dude is on screen. Like she didn't even question him. He's like, I'm Chris Pine. And she was like, I know. And she goes with it. But that could have been some like infiltration <laughs> stuff, right? That could have been bait for her from some supervillain setting her up.
1: Absolutely Basically all you need To get back in Good with Wonder Woman Is like A secret passphrase And (laughs) then you're in Like Flynn And then how come And if she only saw The other dude She had And she had zero thing for him When she sees him at the end Like all conveniently And that's how he That rando dude Responds When Gal Gadot Hits on him Like oh yeah Okay see you later I guess Like no interest whatsoever
0: I guess man He's just been through Some kind of weird Profound life experience
1: Yeah they don't really Get into the mechanics of what, where he went or what happened to him when Chris Pine basically was driving it his body. It doesn't
0: matter, dude. In Wonder Woman movies, men are just meat. They use that dude for his meat, and he turned into Chris Pine's meat.
1: Yeah, Chris Pine, she doesn't exactly treat him too well either. Like She's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then she's like, but I got this thing to do, so if you want to tag along, you can. And he does. But I'm not going to really protect you or anything. She kind of puts him in a lot of mortal peril yes he's kind of just showed back up not
0: not him that poor meat Joe black meat body dude.
1: <laughs> right He's yep. going to
0: wake up and be like all scarred and stuff And all beaten up and sore
1: Oh yeah that's true So And he also missed the near worldwide catastrophe So he's like waking up And he's like what just happened to me And why is the world so much better
0: Oh man wouldn't that be amazing If I got taken over by Chris Pine or something And bypassed all of 2020 altogether And, like, all the crappy stuff happened to Chris Pine in my body and I woke up. That would be awesome. Yeah, and you woke
1: up and the world was a better place because of Wonder Woman. I think that's what everyone was hoping for from this
0: movie. So how essential is Wonder Woman 1984? I get that the sequel exists because we have to make money, and Gal Gadot is coming back because she can make the studio money, and Patty Jenkins is back because I guess she's the only choice that could possibly be considered for any Wonder Woman movie. I think that Marvel building toward their cinematic universe, everything as, even some of the Marvel movies that suck, have their place in pushing forward the story a little bit. Whereas Wonder Woman being the obvious standout in the DC Universe is kind of pushing its own agenda and nothing else. There were no connective threads to any of the other DC Universe films. You know, and she's been, and she was in Batman and Superman and Justice League. None of that stuff. This precedes all that, but it didn't push anything forward. What is it just for the money and the love of the Wonder Woman?
1: Like why the Wonder Woman franchise?
0: Why Wonder Woman? Or
1: why Wonder 2? Woman as a standalone? Yeah. Why Wonder Woman two?
0: And I can't tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing because for Marvel, not everything has to be essential. And when it's when it sucks, then you're kind of stuck with it. You're kind of stuck with the Thor twos building up to these, you know, culminations and Avengers.
1: I mean, I definitely think this is a case of business leading the charge, and everyone's just kind of got to get on board and make it the best it can be.
0: And the best that they could be was a wish master crystal MacGuffin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It's been done before. We understand how it works. But my problem wasn't that they chose to go with this wishing stone kind of idea, but rather kind of how it worked. It just struck me as kind of weird and self-serving that everybody in this world is greedy. There isn't anyone who's altruistic or who has a good wish for peace or healing or anything like that. It's almost like this weird dystopian past era where everyone is greedy and selfish and mean. So I mentioned that Wonder Woman 1984 is available on HBO Max. And you know what's also available there? What's that? The original Wonder Woman series series.
0: Really? The Linda Carter series? You can see Linda Carter here.
1: Yep. Linda Carter makes her cameo at the end of 1984. And I watched part of the first episode, which is like an hour and a half, by the way. And the story is very similar to Wonder Woman 2017, the first Gal Gadot Wonder Woman with Chris Pine and all that business. And in the uh, Linda Carter version, she's just sitting on a chair and the um, Steve Trevor character is laying in a stretcher next to her and they're basically pretending like like they're in a plane.
0: So she's moving through the sky like in a seated position. Yes. <laughs> with the, with a the dude next to yeah, her. Except
1: <laughs> except, you know, even though the plane is invisible, her cockpit seat and his stretcher are somehow visible because I guess whatever you touch becomes visible, too. And they're, like, flying through the sky. Like, they use this special effect to kind of make them look small and, like, they're in the great blue yonder. Uh, But I kind of liked that there was uh, precedent for her making planes invisible because in 1984 it seemed awfully convenient.
0: But uh, Linda Carter looks great and still looks like she could play convincingly. I probably should have got... That she was the other character?
1: She was legendary because she wore the gold armored suit. Yep. Which is so hot, by the way. And I love... Ew, really? Oh, yeah. And I love the key art with all the colors, the colorful backdrop, and it reflecting off her gold suit and stuff. I think it's really great.
0: Yeah, super neat It's a good thing she kept that thing close by so she could stop home and grab that armor when she was going to go up against Chitara or whatever. (laughs) What did you call her? Chitara? Yeah,
1: isn't she just Cheetah?
0: Oh, Cheetara was a Thundercat.
1: Doctor Barbara Minerva becomes Cheetah, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Right, my bad, I mixed up the uh, the comic lore. They're gonna come for me now.
1: Wh- who is it? A Thundercat? What are Thundercats?
0: Thundercat, ho! I mean, Thundercat, ho! That you don't remember that that cartoon?
1: Uh, not really. Was it like Transformers?
0: They were monster cats. They were people cats, humanoid cats.
1: Like in Cats, Cats.
0: And, and Lion-O was the captain, the cat
1: Like the Cats musical? No. Kristen Wiig as Cheetah was Cats-esque, like Cats referential. Like she could be a good Cats villain.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I thought she kept it pretty grounded for this one, Didn't wasn't dumb. Kristen Wiig is imposing, but kind of like Will Ferrell, she just has a funny face. Hmm. Like, you can't, if if you were to see Bill Murray as a bad guy, I guess that would work. But still, he's kind of funny just to look at him, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, he's kind of grumpy looking. Kristen Wiig's got a fine face. I mean, she's perfect in Bridesmaids. And she does the whole, like, yeah. awkward, self-effacing thing really well, self-deprecating thing. I, I just didn't buy either of these women as being socially awkward. Like... Gal Gadot's supposed to be lonely and she doesn't have friends or she certainly doesn't have a boyfriend and yet she's very personable. She's gorgeous. Like she's got a great job where she works with lots of different interesting people. Like she hasn't come she up with... She
0: has lots of ball gowns.
1: She's got... Fabulous wardrobe and great fashion sense and she just can't seem to connect with people for decades and decades. Likewise, Kristen Wiig, funny, obviously a very decorated doctor in her many fields and like she doesn't have a friend. And Jimmy, her coworker, or whatever his name was, is like mean to her when she drops all of her papers. Like he literally glares at her as he turns and walks away instead of helping her with her papers in the in the foyer. Like it's really bizarre. And what's even more bizarre is like their bromance that they have when they go on their little drink date. <sighs> And they're like totally flirting with each other and complimenting on how both of them should have more friends and boyfriends. It was
0: bizarro. You can't expect to be liked when you're that bad with a crimper or whatever and you have your scrunchies and your glasses. I mean, nobody likes a lady in glasses. Wow. If she were ever going to like try to step up and meet her potential and be all that, you got to get rid of the ponytail and the glasses, right? I mean,
1: you're being facetious, right? I mean, these are obviously attractive, confident, accomplished women who can't seem to find any social footing in their lives. Like, it just doesn't ring true.
0: And I guess to Kristen Wiig's credit as... Awkward, I guess, and unattractive, I guess, as Minerva is supposed to be by the end. I mean, she plays that well enough and she can do, like you said, the self-effacing thing while also being kind of funny and hapless. But then when she polishes up, actually, she doesn't really get polished. She gets kind of scary. But uh, before she in in her middle Pokemon evolution, before she becomes Chitara, she's kind of badass, right? Her hair gets better. Her posture changes, her demeanor, her confidence really comes through in a way that Gal Gadot doesn't really shift through. She's always that person. It's just she doesn't happen to have a boyfriend or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because Wonder Woman is supposed to be constant. Yes, but Wonder Woman is kind of who she is because she's badass, but she's also compassionate. Right. And the ways that she shows her compassion don't work like rescuing the kids from the road in the Egyptian desert sequence.
0: She almost died anyway. If it hadn't been for Chris Pine, she would have got runned over.
1: You know, and those kids get pretty roughed up, too. Like, I don't know if they're really, if they were really better off with her having, quote, unquote, rescued them. Like, she swoops them up, and then they go through a pretty bad tumble. But Wonder Woman shows her compassion by befriending Kristen Wig, and letting her into her life in a, in a more intimate way than she really has let anybody in in decades. And yet it backfires on her. The compassion that she shows to Kristen Wigg's character becomes this thing that Cheetah for some reason hates about Wonder Woman.
0: You can't go hose before bros. Like you can't, once she got a boyfriend, she disappeared. But when they both got boyfriends, then their friendship stopped. <laughs>
1: It's true, in a way, in a weird way. Although nothing really happens between Kristen Wiig and Maxwell Lord. But what I was trying to get at is Wonder Woman is consistent, but her compassion really isn't her superpower in this movie. (laughs) And uh, Kristen Wiig's transformation to Cheetah is actually quite stunning. And the way that you can kind of track her character's evolution is pretty, she's pretty badass in all of her various stages of evolution but her character doesn't make sense to me why she hates Wonder Woman so much and why she can't remember those moments of compassion
0: because she's the villain and also Wonder Woman disapproves of her bromance with Max Lord
1: I mean she she obviously chides Kristen Wigg for like giving him the stone or, or allowing him to be close to the stone unsupervised she, you know, she literally gives it to him right
0: yes When all, I mean, he is doing all this angling like he's going to go to great lengths to steal it when all he ever had to do was go into the office, stride in there, grab it, make his wish, and then he's done. He didn't have to steal it.
1: Good point. He could have just wished to become the stone in Dr. Minerva's office.
0: So I think what I'm trying to get at here is Wonder Woman goes to great lengths to look like a good versus evil badass. Female driven superhero action movie and falls into tropes where they're friends and then they hate each other. And then it's supposed to be about female empowerment. And the bad guy is the most patriarchal named dude ever. His name is Max Lord, for God's sake. <laughs> a lot of the planning and for all its good intentions kind of falls short of a lot of its intended targets. And I think that those concepts had potential yep. and they missed the mark, like trying to make the mall thing, her introduction, cool, disproportionately destructive. <laughs> the contrivance of stealing the wishstone or whatever becomes unnecessarily complicated. Her rescuing the kids doesn't really serve its purpose. Bringing Steve back, you're either on board with him being this other dude or you're not. But, it was a little bit wonky in that she's so thoroughly committed to him and doesn't question his appearance because all she can see is Steve coming through. It doesn't all blend. It's it's clunky and there are seams all over the place. Like, weren't you waiting for the 1984 fashion montage where he goes through the outfits? You're like, it's funny because it's the 80s.
1: Yeah, that whole sequence where she's like bringing him up to speed. Yeah. You have the inevitable fashion show where you get to not only um, admire Chris Pine as a male specimen, but also his funky fashion. And then he's like, oh, what's that thing? Like, he's like all weirded out. He like literally flinches and jumps out of the way of a brick dancer. Yeah. They're, they've obviously been approaching this group of dancers for, you know, hundreds of feet. And then he jumps out of the way and flinches when a brick dancer does a spin. Like, all of that yep. was just obligatory 80s stuff, but not, you know, story-driven and not really even all that charming. I wanted to be charmed. I wanted to be whisked away into this world, and yet I got this weird dystopian past with this inevitable, you know, apocalypse fueled by everyone's greed and avarice, and you're like, mm, it's not really what I was looking for. I thought that the ho- the overall concept that was set up in the initial the mascara competition was actually kind of neat like you can't cheat life and it tied in really nicely with chris pine having to go back to wherever it is that he came from You know, that she can't cheat life in that way to bring him back. It doesn't work like other people's wishes don't kind of work for the overall cosmic unity society or whatever. But other than that, I don't feel like they really delivered on this concept because it was just kind of this weird, messy thing between these three characters where they wanted to shoehorn in these fun action sequences.
0: First of all, she didn't cheat. The kid was innovative and quick-thinking, and she found her way and was accused of cheating by Jenny.
1: Jenny!
0: But maybe that's a larger theme for this movie, where they had one objective. Wonder Woman 1984 had a single target to hit, and that was to be strong, to earn its place among superheroes, to kick ass and to do it well, and Dare I say that objective was feminine skewing because there's a lot of weight on Gal Gadot's shoulders and on Patty Jenkins' shoulders for the franchise and as women filmmakers in this field. And I made in jest the comment earlier about Hose Before Bros, and there's a real danger as a male reviewer to be accused of sexism. And saying that this movie sucks because it's so female centric or helmed by females. But like Ghostbusters, the 2016 remake, female cast, although a male director, when a movie is not up to snuff, that becomes the excuse you're trashing it just because it's women. And I honestly don't think that's the case. A bad movie is a bad movie. So you're not a less than movie.
1: You're not trashing it. Because it's female. Why are you trashing it?
0: In order to make it a female empowering movie, they added a lot of the tropes that we discussed. The idea that in the first Wonder Woman that Chris Pine had to be naked for no reason. The man is just like the piece of meat, the vessel through which Chris Pine comes back to her. And I think it did itself a disservice by trying to hit those beats and failing to do so. <laughs> I'm not just saying that it was inherently doomed to fail any more than the Ghostbusters reboot was. It just Some people would say that the failure of Ghostbusters and the audience reaction to Wonder Woman being less than favorable, 1984 anyway. The consensus from what I've been able to see is that it doesn't hold up as well. And there wasn't really any reason for this sequel. It doesn't push anything forward. It just sort of is. Yeah. There has to be a valid argument beyond the fact that it was an entirely female-driven movie, both in front of and behind the camera. Um. Gal Gadot produced this one, too. And so in, a, in an effort to show, like, look, I'm not female bashing or anything like that, we can point to those things that make it feel kind of, <laughs> kind of crappy. Um, when we demonstrate that Wonder Woman is crazy fast and crazy strong, when he's driving and they're trying yeah. to catch up to the caravan or whatever, right? And she gets out of the car and starts running... It looks so terrible and it looks so wrong to the eye and they're making her look strong and powerful in a way that several times just looked and seemed kind of absurd to me. Mostly it revolves around the special effects where she is flying around in high heeled boots for some reason. I don't recall if she had high heels in the last one. She definitely does in this one because we see them as soon as she hits the ground in the mall. But she's flying all over the place and jumping and lassoing and then she actually flies in her invisible plane and then she flies not even needing her plane
1: (laughs) was that a thing is that one is that in her repertoire of powers
0: look she goes completely bruce almighty at some point where she can hear all the wishes yep i mean i wrote down and now she's flying (laughs)
1: That kind of sums it all up.
0: She can hear the wishes, and she just lassoed the lightning.
1: Well, that was the thing. I mean, what I'm hearing is everything was kind of unmotivated, including the inception of this movie to begin with. Whatever kind of superpower she needed at any given moment to keep the story kind of moving along, they employed. She, you know, she's Spider-Man lassoing around the mall, and then it evolves to her flying at the end, as was convenient for the story.
0: But then she flies so fast that she can stop by her place and get her armor, so that when she shows up for the final fight, she's in the shiny armor, which doesn't last long, by the way. And I asked Kelly, and she was like, what? She went back to her apartment to get it because she has all the time in the world for kissing and costumes.
1: The, war- the armor was supposed to uh, help her fly, right? Because it's got wings and stuff?
0: I don't. She wasn't flying in the armor. She was flying before that, lassoing the lightning. And then she went and got the armor just before she landed for the Cheetara fight.
1: The Cheetah fight. And if she's going to yeah. fight Cheetah in her full cat's glory, then she's yep. got to have the angel armor suit thing on.
0: So she has something to tear at.
1: Because it's the big showdown. That
0: armor, it was not functional, dude. No. If it's it's gold, because it wouldn't be brass because it would tarnish. So it's got to be gold, and gold is super pliable and soft. Shredded those wings like foil.
1: It's like a um, forged immortal metal.
0: It was adamantium. So like the last one, like the previous Wonder Woman... As much as it was all good intention and conceptually, there was some new old stuff there and that we get to see Wonder Woman stuff that we hadn't seen before, except we've seen it before if you've watched the old show or read the old comics. But it just, in the end, devolved into a dumb, dark CG fight where they're swinging around and Chitara slashing at her. And I called it, And I called it Cirque du lame. When they're, like, swinging around on the lasso. Oh, man. And then she she gets in the water, but then she electrocutes the cheetah, right? Yep. But doesn't get electrocuted herself, despite being in an all-metal suit. It's not
1: conducive metal.
0: It's not conductive. Gold is the most conductive metal ever.
1: Mm -hmm. But it's not that it really matters, because Cheetah is looking off into the distance and and to her future. At the end. Yep. Anyway.
0: And then my final note, God damn, that was a long ass movie. Yeah, dude. So,
1: yeah. Like 40 minutes in, I was like, "Mm, you know what? This is kind of not great, but whatever. It's probably half over. And then I was like, dude, there's a (laughs) whole hour and a half left to go. But, you know, all, I was all about Kristen Wiig taking all the time she needed to transform. She was the silver lining of this movie for me. Kristen Wiig's performance and her character's evolution was pretty stunning. And for that, I give Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> a... Boring. Boring!
0: You're either going to like this movie, and it's not going to win you over, I don't think, when it starts off pretty bad. Uh, I agree about Kristen Wiig. Having a decided evolution, even if the end stage, if the end result was kind of dumb. She survived, apparently, in order to take back her wish, although she didn't actually vocalize it. Uh, I think that the wish stuff didn't count, it didn't really matter all that much to the story. It was kind of a MacGuffin that drives the thing forward. I think Steve was fairly one note. The Max character, who we didn't even discuss, was pretty one note i hate to say yep. this because this dude pedro pascal he was in narcos and stuff right which i didn't see and he was he he is or was the mandalorian yep this max lord character is definitely a donald trump type and in that way and as much as i got nothing against this care this guy pedro pascal because i don't have really have a lot of reference for him i don't like him and I can't tell if I, if I don't like his character. Like Brian Dennehy, I couldn't stand him for decades after First Blood because he was such an effective bad guy. Hmm. And John Lithgow, after Raising Cain, I couldn't stand the side of his face. I don't like Pedro Pascal's face in this nice. movie in particular. Maybe mm-hmm. it has to do with the suit, but he was so gross and slimy. And, yeah. and one note
1: so unconvincing as a dad
0: and the, uh, yeah and the Wonder Woman character was also one note in her she's tough and yet also soft. It was not as fun as a no. Wonder Woman should be and I, and I never thought that I would say that the first Wonder Woman would be the best one of the series, but it kind of is and I didn't like that one all that much either. So thanks for backing up my rating. I'm gonna give it a whatever because the movie had flaws before her feet ever touched the ground in her high-heeled boots.
1: There you got it. A whatever from Wes, a boring from Iris. That's our review on Wonder Woman 1984. 818-835-0473 is our phone number. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Or send us an email or whatevermovies at gmail.com. We'd also love for you to subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends. It's how people hear about us we got Wonder Woman to you as soon as possible. If there are other movies that you would like for us to review, please let us know. And we'll see you next time.
0: Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love.
1: Now, wherever you listen to music. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
0: Electricast.